Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. Jalen Hurts looks like the MVP. The Chargers were fighting for their playoff lives against the Dolphins who were trying to keep pace with the Bills. And how many injuries can the Niners withstand? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. The Philadelphia Eagles are 12 and 1. They dismantled the New York Giants on Sunday, 48 to 22. They are rolling. They look like the best team in the league right now. And Jalen Hurts has been a huge part of that, but he's not at the tippy top of the MVP standings right now. Joining me now from Locked On Eagles, Louis DiBiase and and Louis, when when does that change? When does Jalen Hurts not only get in the mix here, but become someone that we're going, wait, maybe this guy should be the MVP. Yeah, I think that day has already come, to be honest. I mean, he's the quarterback of the best team in football right now. He's got that storyline of that second-year starter that makes the big jump. The NFL loves that storyline. They like to give the MVP award out to that kind of player. And honestly, when you compare him to maybe the MVP favorite and Patrick Mahomes, he's ahead of Mahomes in a lot of passing categories. We all know that Jalen Hurts is one of the best rushing quarterbacks in football. But from inside the pocket this year, Jalen has been nearly as good as anybody. According to the stats and the eye test show that exact same thing. You look at the progress he made against the Giants today from one year ago when he was in the Meadowlands. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, I've had to eat so much crow. I did not think that Jalen Hurts would ever get to this level, but he's playing like an MVP favorite. And I think it's going to be down to him and Mahomes as the season continues. They also still have this matchup with the Dallas Cowboys looming, but it's interesting because the questions that we had coming into the season, you and I on this show talked mm-hmm. about question mark being Jalen Hurts. Well, in the regular season, at least, it's not a question mark. How much of this do you think could be, well, we need to see this guy prove it in the playoffs before we start to go, okay, this guy is not just a trustworthy player, but an MVP caliber player, even if that's not always the same standard we hold everyone else to. No, I, I think quarterbacks are always hold held to a higher standard for sure. And what they do in the playoffs is how we judge that position. That's just, you know, the nature of the beast. But I think a lot of what you've seen from Hertz this year can translate really well into the playoffs. Number one, he's been good passing against pretty much anybody, even against some of the best defenses that he's played. He's been really good late in the fourth quarter of games. The Eagles are undefeated on the road. So anytime there's adversity, Hertz and this Eagles team has really been able to overcome that. And you even see they're up 21-0 in the first half, and Hurts is having one of his best passing games of his career, and he's sitting on the bench emotionless. I mean, he is always moving the goalposts for himself, so I think he holds himself to that higher standard, and he knows that the playoffs are what matters if he wants to hoist that Lombardi trophy. So, yes, he's definitely going to be held to that measuring stick, but I trust that what we're seeing in the regular season is not fake and that this can translate when it matters most against the NFC's best. And certainly he would trade a Super Bowl trophy for an MVP trophy every day, all day Mm -hmm. and and twice on Sundays, especially on Sundays. But for sure, it would it would be nice for him to get the recognition that that he deserves for what has been an incredible season. Sure, he hasn't had to throw the ball a ton to win that they're a good team. That's okay. 
I think sometimes we get bogged down in the, oh, well, he doesn't throw the ball 50 times a game like Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, and so he can't be the MVP. Look at all the value he brings in other kinds of ways. As you look around the NFC, it seems like it's two, maybe three teams in the NFC, right? Dallas and San Francisco, along with Philadelphia right now. Is there a team that you think for the Eagles is the worst matchup in the NFC? I think before all the injuries, it was the San Francisco 49ers, to be honest. But, you know, you look at Debo Samuel going down now today and Jimmy Garoppolo is not a quarterback. Brock Purdy showing some things, but overall, I don't think they're a threat to the Eagles. I I guess it would be the Dallas Cowboys or the Minnesota Vikings, but the Eagles played the Vikings on primetime football and they blew them out earlier. Yeah, this We year. saw that so, game. Yeah. I think honestly, Peter, it comes down to the two teams in the NFC East. I think that Christmas Eve game is going to be a huge measuring stick because when the Eagles beat the Cowboys earlier this year, Dak Prescott wasn't in at quarterback. So it's probably Dallas from a talent perspective, from knowing their you know opponent in the division. I think it's going to be Philly and Dallas, which makes for a great storyline, even for fans outside of that division. And that was a, a close game all the way, by the way, mm-hmm. with Cooper Rush at quarterback. So we should we should have a good one coming up on Christmas Eve. Stay up to date all year on the Philadelphia Eagles by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Eagles on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Los Angeles Chargers needed a win to keep pace in the AFC playoff race, while the Dolphins were trying to keep pace in the AFC East with the Bills. But before we get to that, We'll look at a big loss by the Vikings to an upstart Lions team. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your gambling needs. A few Monday night odds stick out, beginning with the point spread. Bet Online has the visiting Patriots as one and a half point favorites over the Cardinals, but don't expect the scoreboard to go crazy in this one because Bet Online has the total at 43 and a half. And some expect a big day from Patriots running back Ramondre Stevenson, but Bet Online cautiously optimistic about this game they've set his rushing over under at 77 and a half bet online is where the game starts now here's what you need to be locked on today the minnesota vikings had a chance to clinch the nfc north but the detroit lions thwarted their plans you hate to see it well the vikings won't clinch the division today will they (laughs) they lose to the detroit lions in detroit 34 23 is the final score uh and they will have to wait a little longer before they can pop the champagne in the locker room. Vikings deserve to lose this game on the back of a lot of catastrophes. You open the game in the first quarter, you've got a a busted coverage touchdown, you have another deep touchdown over Cameron Dantzler that he just got beat on, you have a fourth and seven fake punt that turns into an explosive play. Um, There is a, a, a lot of really bad stuff to kind of pull back, and some of those catastrophic explosive plays are the kind that are so bad you can't even learn something from them. You just have to burn the tape and hope that guys don't screw up that bad again. The defense in particular is going to be under a huge microscope. Um, They have given up over 400 yards in five straight games in a stretch that has included Mike White and Mac Jones and kind of uh, famously inept offenses that are still getting their best game of their season against the Vikings defense. So something's got to give, and we'll talk a lot about uh, on Locked on Vikings about what is wrong with the defense and if there's anything they can do to to, to help it and what really needs to happen. We'll have that conversation. Joe Burrow finally got the Cleveland Browns off his back. After a sluggish start for Joe Burrow in the Cincinnati Bengals and a few injuries, things settled in and the Bengals walked it in against the Cleveland Browns. I'm Jake Lisko from the Locked On Bengals podcast, where we have you covered every day 
as the Bengals continue their march to the playoffs. They move to 9-4 and four with a 23-10 victory over the Cleveland Browns. It wasn't really all that close in the fourth quarter, despite the score seeming like maybe the Browns could have gotten back into it there at the end. The big stories today, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd both injured this week coming into the game and in the game itself. T. Higgins with a hamstring injury. Coaches decided not to let him push that injury after the pregame session. Tyler Boyd on the second play of the game injures his finger. That's been called a dislocation. So without both those guys, Jamar Chase still goes for 10 catches and 119 yards and touchdown. Does generally a good job torching the Browns defense for most of the game. Joe Burrow, a rough start for himself, did settle in. But the story on the other side of the ball, DJ Reader and Logan Wilson filling up the stat sheet. Reader with num- a number of eye-popping plays in the running game, getting some defensive stop- stuffs or setting up his teammates to do the same. Added a batted pass to the total. And Logan Wilson recorded with 17 tackles. The Jaguars absolutely obliterated the Titans. Yes, the Jaguars. The Jacksonville Jaguars go into Tennessee and beat their rivals. I am Tony Wiggins, the host of the Locked On Jaguars podcast with your team every day. Listen, man, the Jaguars played the best game that they have played in a long time and beating the Tennessee Titans 36-22 on the road. Trevor Lawrence passes for 368 yards on the day career high for him three touchdowns also had a touchdown running and the defense recorded four sacks on the day as they chased Ryan Tannehill it seems like all day long Derrick Henry actually fumbled twice the Jaguars put together the best game of the year and beat their rival Tennessee Titans and now they're only two games behind Tennessee for the division and on the hardwood the Lakers finish off a road trip on a positive note the Zany Kamenetsky co-hosts of Locked on Lakers podcast, and the Lakers win 124-117 over the Pistons in Detroit and finish their road trip 3-3, three and three, a pretty solid showing given how difficult the road trip was, even if it possibly could have been better. As for the game itself, LeBron and Anthony Davis combined for nearly 70 points on 26-42 shooting. Lonnie Walker chipped in 18 points, but the defense got progressively worse as this game went along. Boyan Bogdanovich, who seems insulted that the Lakers have not traded for him, torched them for 38 points, and Detroit got the game within two with 35 seconds left, but Austin Reeves hit a clutch three on a busted possession with 12 seconds left. Anthony Davis hit two free throws, and the game was iced. A lot more to get into, so make sure you are subscribing to Locked on Lakers' YouTube channel that you make Locked on Lakers your first listen wherever you get your podcasts. Is another story you need to know. Not a bad day for a social media quarterback. Justin Herbert, 39 of 51 for 367 in a 23 to 17 win over the Miami Dolphins in a win that keeps the Chargers in the thick of the AFC playoff race. Joining me now, David Drogemeyer from Locked on Chargers. And, and David, this was a game that the Chargers absolutely had to have. What did you see from Justin Herbert in particular in this game? Uh, th- that helped get them the win. First, first and foremost, it is 
phenomenal to have Mike Williams back. He makes such a significant difference on this Chargers offense because of his ability to really go up and get the football as well as open things up for Keenan Allen. And Keenan Allen was money, but Justin Herbert was fantastic tonight. I mean, it just didn't matter where it was on the football field. He was throwing it everywhere. The Chargers did a great job of moving the pocket around and utilizing Justin Herbert's athleticism, which has not happened nearly enough this season but it happened in this game and it's you saw some fantastic results really uh justin herbert's best performance of the season it was also the defense's best performance of the season aside from the tyree kill i don't know one of the one of the craziest touchdowns you will ever see scored a 57 yard scoop and score which is a weird thing to say for a receiver but that is exactly what happened the Dolphins, David, just 219 total yards in this game to a 10 of 28 for 145 in the year of our Lord 2022. What is going on? What got into this Chargers defense without Derwin James, without Joey Bosa? Yeah, I mean, I think that this was a defense that was challenged and they, they really wanted to go out there and make a statement and, and show that, you know, even without Derwin James, even without Joey Bosa, even without Sebastian Joseph Day and and just a myriad of other starters that these guys can still go out there and get things done. And I think a large part of that, the game plan was taking away the middle of the football field. That's something that Tua really exploited to great success all season long. The Chargers did not allow that. They also played extremely physical at the line of scrimmage. They didn't let these receivers get a running start, which was so incredibly important because these guys can absolutely fly so the chargers did a great job of doing that a phenomenal performance by michael davis as well i thought he played a great game uh, and i mean hey that's a really really tough assignment against those two guys waddle and hill and he played extremely well the chargers needed that type of performance if they were going to win this game brandon staley's best coached game best called game of the season as well Okay, I have perhaps an indelicate question, one that Chargers fans may not like because they won and you want to bask in the glory of the win. Um, where was this all season? Yeah, that's a great question. That's a great <laughs> question. I mean, Justin Herbert has done the best that he has you know, been able to do with you know, just so much injuries and not only just you know, the offensive line that's been in and out all season, his weapons. He's been without Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. This was the first time that those two guys played a complete game this entire season, Peter. It is yeah. such a big it's difference mid-December. Yes. It has been a big <laughs> difference maker. And for the Chargers defense, I, I like I said, I think they were just challenged to go out there and perform. And you know, this is a had to have it game. I mean, this is win or go home basically for the Chargers. And they got a huge, huge win to keep their playoff hopes alive. How sustainable is it given that what we were just talking about, this is not how this team has looked all year. Could Is this a turn the corner moment or is this a, all right, now it may just be duct tape and hold on for the rest of the way. Well, the, the positive news for the Chargers is that they're supposed to be getting some of their big guys back. I mean, Joey Bosa has been talked about how he might be returning to practice soon. They might open up his window. There's been whispers that Rashawn Slater, the left tackle, might be coming back as well. Really? That's very possible if the Chargers stay in contention. So this has really been the plan for the Chargers. They've been trying to tread water and really try to get healthier and healthier as the end of the season comes upon us and i think if you look at it if they get healthier this is a scary chargers team that the schedule sets up very nicely outside of this tennessee titans game going forward to get them into the playoffs stay up to date all year on the la chargers by subscribing to locked on sports today and the locked on chargers podcast on the odyssey app youtube or wherever you get podcasts
Coming up today, the Niners got a big win, but also took a monster loss. We'll explain next. Bucks 49ers was supposed to be a Hall of Famer, maybe the greatest of all time against Mr. Irrelevant. Tom Brady against Brock Purdy. Don't overthink it. This is this is the Bucks game to win. Well, maybe it was, but they didn't win it. The 49ers absolutely put it on the Buccaneers 35 to 7. Brock Purdy throws two touchdown passes. Well, it's Tom Brady who looked more like Mr. Irrelevant in this game. Joining me now from Locked On 49ers, Eric Crocker. And Croc, what allowed Purdy to play so well in this game? What stood out uh, with him to you? I think first you have to go to just how prepared he is. This guy has been the the ultimate professional since stepping on the scene with San Francisco 49ers. And the way as he prepares, he prepares like he's a starter, which I guess you can expect for from a guy who started for four years at Iowa State. So he's taking a lot of that professionalism over to the NFL, and he's been prepared for a huge moment. He started off the season as a third-string quarterback. Trey Lance goes down with a broken ankle. Jimmy Garoppolo goes down with a broken foot. And next thing you know, you're inserted into what looks like a Super Bowl run for the 49ers. So uh, along with him being prepared, I'd say the weapons that the 49ers have, I think that not saying it makes it easy for any quarterback to step in, but when you have Christian McCaffrey ripping off 50-yard runs, Brandon Ayuk beating guys on double moves, and he's open by 10 yards. Debo Samuel taking the end of rounds, uh, 20 yards into the end zone. George Kittle, you have him as well. I think that takes a lot of pressure off of him to have to be the guy playing and play out. You mentioned Christian McCaffrey. The 49ers gave up a huge amount of assets to get him. He was spectacular in this game. 14 carries for 119 yards and a score. He also caught a touchdown in this game. He's been a huge driver of their offense. What is, what has he given them? Oh, man. I mean, it has been huge. He's given them a lot of versatility, and he has given them this kind of safety blanket. The 49ers offense has been predicated on so much timing and rhythm, play action, and hitting a guy in between these tight windows. Where now you're seeing these quarterbacks uh, really not forcing the ball into any windows because they know, hey, man, we don't have to do that. We could check it down to Christian McCaffrey, and he's going to make plays from there. And then not just that, he's ripping um, long runs off. This was one of his better games on the ground since maybe his second game with the 49ers when they played against the Rams. So he hasn't had the huge rushing numbers. Uh, this game, you you rattled off his you know 14 carries for 100 and something yards, whatever it was, but also caught a touchdown. I feel like he's caught a touchdown and dang there every game. That's what it feels like. <laughs> it he's been super like productive for the 49ers. I'm pretty sure whatever they gave up for him, they're pretty happy with what they've gotten so far with the return. We saw Debo Samuel go out in, in what looked like a, a tough injury. The early reports are he avoided serious injury, but even in the short run, what what does losing Debo if they do in fact lose Debo for for you know they have they have games they have the the Seahawks coming up and the Commanders teams fighting for playoff spots what would that mean to this team to lose Debo even for a short period of time? It's tough, man. It's, it's extremely tough because he just does so much. I talked about just handing the ball off to somebody that's going to run in you know twenty yards into the end zone and he could do that from any on any given play. Uh, you lose that. You lose you lose some physicality. Uh, the 49ers had a huge win against the Miami Dolphins. Well, a big part of that huge win was Debo Samuel making big clutches and big-time traffic impact moments on third down. So you lose that guy that you know brings this huge dynamicness. He brings this physicality that everyone else feeds off of. Uh, fortunately for the 49ers, they just have a plethora of weapons. So 
okay, you lose a Debo Samuel, that will be huge. But okay, now it's like, all right, I you step up, which he's been doing lately. All right, maybe more of the offense goes through George Kittle. And then again, talk about having a guy like Christian McCaffrey as well. So if you are going to be a team that loses a Debo Samuel, someone who is so good, uh, former first team all pro on your team, it would be the 49ers that can hopefully kind of withstand uh, what's coming from that. Stay up to date all year on the San Francisco 49ers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On 49ers podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. And finally, the New York Mets have been spending on free agents like they're drunken rock stars. Their most recent signing, Japanese pitcher Kodai Senga, pushed their payroll so far past the luxury tax threshold that their estimated tax penalty is around $80 million or you know, a tax penalty that is larger than six current Major League Baseball payrolls. Their payroll is large enough that in the other sports that actually have a salary cap, you'd have to combine the cap of the NFL and the NBA in order to have the same payroll that the Mets currently have. And if you think they're done spending, then I have an oceanfront property in Iowa to sell you. Maybe Steve Cohen will pay for it. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, will the Patriots keep pace in the AFC? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.